So let me ask you a question. Have you abandoned your New Year's goals of eating right and losing weight already? Or is this cold weather making those trips to the expensive grocery store even harder? We'll skip that extra trip and eat better with HelloFresh. HelloFresh is here to help you eat better by delivering fresh ingredients to their amazing recipes right to your door. Take the hassle of running to the grocery store for dinner or running to the store for that one missing ingredient away. Spend more time doing the things you love with delicious chef-crafted recipes delivered to your doorstep. Their creamy lemon herb chicken is no joke. And the barbecue pineapple chicken flatbread, delicious. They don't take that much time to prep and cook. The recipes you choose have estimated time to cook and only take seconds to eat and enjoy. Save yourself the time of planning a meal and prepping and let HelloFresh help. Sign up now and get in on the robust flavors and filling portions. That's HelloFresh.com slash Ebro65 and use code Ebro65 to check out for 65% off and free shipping. Brewing the morning with Laura Styles and Rosenberg. Ebro in the morning, Laura Styles. Rosenberg, give it up for Mahmoud Abdul Raouf. How you doing, sir? No, I won't complain. Nice to be here. Thank you. Uh, You know, I'm 47 years old. Um, My father uh, was a big Lakers fan. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I used to, growing up, ask my father about why he was a Lakers fan, because we were from the Bay. And he would talk about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, changed his name, and I learned about Muhammad Ali and Islam and... All that as a young person. My mother's Jewish, so I grew mm. up in a household that was having all of the, the con- all of the conversations. Right. So, as a, I guess you you were in the league from ninety. What years were you in the league? I got in ninety ninety six at Denver, and then two years at Sacramento, and then there was a hiatus, and then I ended up going to. Vancouver for a year. I think 2000, 2001. 2001. Something like that. So you played, so it was like a 10-year career? Nine years. No, Nine just year. missed the 10-year. God. Is that a thing? Oh, yeah. 10 years get you more money for your pension. <laughs> but, at, but at any rate, when you uh, were uh, not standing for the national anthem and, and were praying during the national anthem and the league had a big problem with you changing your name from Chris Jackson to Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf and embracing your your faith and... And, and and even at the time, talking about the issues as a black man that you had with America and what it did to black people, et cetera, et cetera, I felt that at the time. Mm-hmm. And 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 uh, we were very proud. Like, uh, my group of friends, family, were very proud that you were someone who was speaking out. Um, but a lot of people don't remember that time. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a lot of people don't remember before Kaepernick, there was Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love... How does that feel for you today? Now you're putting out a documentary. There's a book. How does that feel today to come and be doing interviews? Because you didn't do a lot of you don't do a lot of press and media. You don't do a lot of talking. That's not your thing, right? Well, actually, no. I, I I've been on the road, uh, especially pre-pandemic. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of speaking engagements. Man, I go everywhere, even with humanitarian organizations overseas, the different universities. I speak a lot on different issues. God, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just hasn't been necessarily broadcast. Right. Yeah. So I don't. I don't mind. I'm a people's person, and that's that's how you grow by having right. conversations. Right. Um, but you know, going back to what you said about the NBA earlier, and then you know the question that you asked, it wasn't so much that they had a problem with me becoming Muslim uh, and changing my name. It's when you begin to showcase it and broad. I mean, and live it. Because a lot of people in the league, Christians, Jews, like A.C. Green. Right. A.C. Green wore his Christianity on his sleeve. Oh, yeah. Right. But it was like looked down upon because there's a culture 
in the NBA. And it's like you're being reminded of God when you see him mm-hmm. or when you see this person. So some things they don't want. Um, but it feels good, man, to, uh, you know, anytime you're trying to do something and, and trying to affect change in whatever way, whether speaking about it, you know, uh, uh, other other decisions you make, to find that people, it resonates with people and, and they appreciate it. Because that's the goal. It's just trying to touch and benefit benefit people and touch lives as much as you can and and really to be about real change. And it, and it can't happen if we continue to be silent, you know, right. so it, it makes a difference. What was the, so what was the impetus for you converting, changing your name, et cetera? What was that, pro- I'm sure that's a lot of the doc, but yeah, <laughs> take yeah. us through a little no, bit of the No, it's okay, it's okay. No, man, I just, uh, I was at LSU and Dale Brown, as white as you can get as a white man, North Dakota, he knows almost everybody, you know, the Dick Gregory's, the Farrakhan's. And he handed me the autobiography of Malcolm. And I never knew who Malcolm was, even in college. And so I just, I was fascinated, you know, by, about his life. And uh, got to Denver, and I was having issues with my faith. Uh, you were born a Christian, Christian? A Baptist, yeah. You know, I would ask a lot of questions, and I would get the same response every time. You, know, you just got to believe, and you can't question God. <laughs> man, come on, man, I'm trying to get understanding. So make a long story short, man, I just met this brother, actually from New York. Mark James, and Islam came up. I picked up the Quran two, three pages later. I just knew from what I read, it's like all my answers, all my questions were answered. It was solid. I said, I'm going to be a Muslim. And then I began to read, and the more I read, uh, I was asked a question, said, what is it about it? I said, man, from the moment I got it to now at 53, every time I engage it, not just read for the sake of reading, every time it's never ceased to satisfy my curiosity, uh, I'll answer my questions. Mm. You feel fulfilled? Oh, for sure. Now, it, can I ask an ignorant question? Um, choosing a Muslim name, <laughs> is that something like, is that required when <laughs> one converts to Islam? Or like, could you have just been Chris Jackson and become Muslim? I imagine you could have, but yeah. you wa- it's just something you want to identify with? Yeah, no, it's not, it's not an ignorant question at all. You, you don't have to change your name. But for me, I read a verse and it says, when you enter Islam, enter wholeheartedly. Mm. So I wanted to come with everything. All the way in. I wanted to change as much as, I mean, everything about me. And and then the history with our names. So I'm like, no, nah, I want to choose for myself. And actually, that didn't even happen. Because after I became Muslim, I went into the, the office. And there were two brothers. One was the imam and another brother. And they said, hey, man, I think Mahmoud would be a good name. I said, okay. I heard all the names are beautiful. The other one said, Abdul Rauf, I think it's good. I said, like I said, all the names are beautiful. No problem. <laughs> two weeks. I'm not good with names. But <laughs> as I'm going through the masjid, people started knowing me as Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. Come to find out, the two people, the one that chose Mahmoud and the one that chose Abdul Rauf, that was their names. They wanted me to have. Like a piece of them. Mm. And then they give me a book of Muslim names, and I'm looking at all these meanings. I'm like, man, you should have gave me that first. Because I'm looking at Mujahid, the striver for truth, Suleiman. It sounds so beautiful. I'm like, man, I could have been Suleiman. Mujahid. <laughs> You know, because I love striving for truth. So I tell people when I speak, I say, man, y'all call me Mujahid. I ain't got no problem with that because I would have chose that name. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How long did it take for uh, to, for it to take where, like, you start to feel that your name is Mahmoud? Like, how long is that? For, for me, it didn't take long. And, I mean, I, I embraced it immediately uh, because I was ready for it. You know, I made a decision that, man, this is, I'm going at this full tilt, you know. And I understood the consequences anytime you do something like that. It's a big, it's a big deal in a lot of people's minds because it's like to some degree, some like I, we lost him. 
he's got a mind of his own. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he should, his name's Cassius Clay. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's but, that ownership shit. Yeah, you got to own it. Well, no, meaning what? others trying to own your oh, yeah. identity. Of course. Right? Meaning someone trying to say, you know, that's a thing in, a, in the United States, especially with black folks. Yeah. When black folks go to change their names, society often, not all people, but there's a greater society. It's like, what's wrong with your other name? Well, it's tied to slavery. That's my, that was, yeah. you know, my last name is Darden, but luckily my father gave me Ibrahim Jamil so that I could have, I could have a path to learn and understand, right? Yeah. Um, but that was his thing with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is, you know, Lou Alcindor took control of his identity, took control of his future, he took control that's of, right. right? And that's what black folks in America didn't have, mm -hmm. was the control of your identity. That's right. And your destiny. Yeah. Right? And that's your documentary Stand, mm -hmm. um, which is Showtime original. You have Steph Curry in there. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, before you came in the room, I, I, I said that you were Steph Curry before Steph Curry, which I think Steph Curry even gives you yeah. that acknowledgement because of the type of skill set and your size. Mm -hmm. Um when you hear that today and you see Steph Curry today, what do you feel? What do you see? You know, there are all, always going to be comparisons, and I, I acknowledge that. And, man, to even be mentioned in the same breath, people like that, I mean, he's phenomenal. Ball handling, mid-range, long-range, finish. I mean, his ability to pass, I mean, he's just a phenomenal player. So I'm honored, you know, to, to be mentioned in the same breath. Um uh, as guys like that, and that they would sacrifice their time to support this film and to speak out. And he's also one of those dudes, too, yeah. you know, that don't mind sharing his views and his faith. Mm -hmm. And uh, so uh, deeply grateful for, for, for that. When you were in uh, the NBA, it, to us on the outside, and it doesn't seem so much right now while you're talking, but to us on the outside, it looked like you were blackballed from the NBA. Yeah. Um, is that the truth, or is that just our interpretation of – you exercising your faith and 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 it as you pointed out kind of a complication where the NBA was at, was kind of like listen whatever faith you want to be is fine but when you're on the floor you're playing basketball like reconcile I, that for no, us no man I, I definitely believe uh, initially when all of this went down I I didn't jump to the black ball thing because it's it's kind of like when people experience something from white people we quickly want to say that was racist not everything is racist. Just not not every basketball player, athlete that's out of the league is blackball. But I sat back and I'm looking at patterns. And I'm looking at the fact, okay, and I didn't know this at the time, but I knew that the beginning of the season, I'm going, I'm putting up numbers. And we had actually, you know, you leave us together, we're good. Denver had no problem with me. I'm a people's person. Now, when I go to other arenas, they're booing and they're, they're doing their thing. Booing just because you're a Muslim? Well, because, well no, because after the flag. Yeah, so, for the right. anthem. Got it. Mm -hmm. Right? But when I came back to Denver, I'm expecting the same. Nobody booed because I'm in the streets. You know, I, I mingle with people. Then I found out that people love John Elway. Right? They did a poll. The most popular athlete in Denver was me. Mm. But you, you released me. Denver don't have no problem, right? You release me, I go to Sacramento, my minutes began to decline. Then I hear coaches like, man, why aren't they playing this guy? We organize our defense to stop him. And usually, and I'm in my prime, usually at the height of, you know, me uh, when I'm not playing, journalists will come, hey, man, why aren't they, what's going on? 
the whole season, the whole time. It's probably like a handful of journalists the whole year. It's like I was hands off. Then they come out with this special, top free throw shooters in the league. You shot like 91%? I'm not even seen on the special. I'm like, this is interesting, (laughs) right? So you Mm. start seeing these things, and then I get so many games where I don't even get in. And this is all once you got to Sacramento. Oh, yeah. And so I'm like, wow. Then I hear that St. John, someone caught him saying that, man, we don't play him because when they're in the game together, we got to give, you know, because I can go get my shot. I don't need, you know, you know, you to set a pick for me, but it's taken away from other, you know, Mitch. It's politics. Mm. So all of this stuff is happening. And then there's this this media saying, well, he's supposed to be meeting David Stern. You know, all of when it, when that was going up, I never talked to David Stern in my life, other than being third pick. And then that particular time in Sacramento, when he had came by and uh no, in Vancouver, years later when he had came and didn't realize I had snuck back into the league. Mm. And he had walked up to me, and he was, and the teammate saw it. He was kind of shocked because it was in the public. He kind of put his hand out, and I kind of gave him my finger. And I can't remember what he said, but he said something real smart, and I said something back to him and kept on rolling. So that kind of made me, after looking at Caps, but even before that, I'm like, I know there's a country club environment that exists in a lot of businesses. And I definitely think there was some conversations, you know, don't touch him. Because my agent at the time, Sharif Nasir, out of Oakland, had called Coangelo in Phoenix, who he was the president at the time. And he was talking about me, and I'm, on, I'm still in my prime now. He said, uh, hey, man, Mahmoud is, you know, available, blah, blah, blah. Before he could even finish, Coangelo said, we're not interested. It has nothing to do with his basketball league. I said, man, I wish I could have that on audio tape. And then I went to uh, uh, L.A., playing in the summer league, because I was bitter. I said, let me just go and play. It's for me to show that you know, I can still play because when you're not playing and they reduce your time, it's easy for them to get rid of you because they can just, well, He's not really doing you don't anything. have it anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there are laws in this country. You can't just say, I'm getting rid of him because of this. So let's present this scenario and you know, not out of sight, out of mind. That's right. We can justify and so that's kind of how it went down. So when you decided to not stand for the national anthem and, and pray, what was the conversation? Did anybody say anything to you at that time? Well, I started reading. The reading and stuff and being introduced to so many authors talking about foreign policy, domestic, that's what influenced me. And then my religion itself, you know, about giving your allegiance only to God. You can't be for justice and injustice at the same time. Mean, so many verses, right, and examples. I just can't. With all that I know, I'd be crazy. This is just me. But I'm not forcing it on anybody. This is what I'm doing. But I didn't, the conversation emerged when Todd Ely, the assistant GM, came to me. Because prior to that, like four months or so, the previous season I was doing, nobody knew. Mm-hmm. Then that next season, somebody caught wind of it, a journalist or whatever. I said, I don't mind talking. Man, we have these conversations all the time. Athletes really, most of the athletes are intelligent. You know, despite what people say, right. we have many conversations. So I said, yeah. And after I had the conversation, that's when the next day, shoot around, getting ready to play Orlando Magic with Shaq. Journalist, man, just bump rushed me, right? I'm like, what? I'm thinking they ain't there for Shaq. And that's when they asked me the question. I spoke my conscience. And I come back that night. Jim Gillen, the trainer, said, hey, man, Bernie wants you to see you at the, in office. 
And he gives me that players like they've been having a conversation. Like, So I go down there. I said, what's going on? He said, the NBA call. They want to find you and suspend you if you don't stand. What do you say? I said, I'm not going to do it. He said, well, they want to talk to you. So two people called. And I'm thinking it was David Stern's two. And I, if I meet Adam, I want to know if he was on that call. Adam Silver. Because he was, he was Stern's Because he's guy. not a commissioner. Yeah. But they, they were trying to convince me. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand when they, when they hear something about, because they identified themselves as Jewish, right? And we don't have necessarily, like, we make a distinction between Zionism and Judaism. Mm-hmm. But they identified themselves, and they ended up giving me an example. And I listened. I was respectful. Taught to be that way. So after they finished, I said, well, I appreciate that. You sharing that with me. And I said, you know, there's two things, though, in this context. Not that because you're Jewish or because you're Christian, because we have so many, we have more commonalities than differences. Absolutely. Right? And you can say something, if it resonates, I'm going to accept it. I don't care who you are. If you can make it make sense, I, I surrender. But what they were giving me, and I can't remember the example, I just said, well, there's two things. One, because I don't know why they identified themselves. There was no need for me. I said, I'm not Jewish. And two, the example that you gave. That doesn't apply to me. I said, so my position is that I'm going to, respectfully, I'm going to decline and I'm, I'm going to not, not stand. He said, okay. I'm so green, I've never been fined or suspended in my life. I'm thinking there's going to be an act of legislation. You know, they got to go through the legislative process. I said, man, can I go put on my uniform to play? Bernie said, nope. I said, I'm, is now? He said, yeah, you suspended now. I said, well, can I go and put my clothes on and support the team? He said, nope. They don't even want you on the premises. No problem. So I walked down, and the rest, some of the team that was still in the locker room, I just said, man, I'm out. They looked at me like, what? I said, yep, I'm gone. It's like before I got home, it seemed like the news, it went global. <laughs> How long was the suspension? It was a day. No, one, it was a game. One game. It was a game. And really, me coming back, I wasn't going to come back. Don't, it wasn't the NBA, me talking to the NBA, that, that, that encouraged that. It was my mentor in D.C., Muhammad Alasi, you know, renowned scholar of Islam and just his understanding of the world and politics. And it's the example that he gave me. You know, he said, Mahmoud, if you don't come back, you're in your right. But if you come back, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're wrong, provided the reasoning behind it. And he gave me an example of, example of the prophet that there was, they were at war at the time. You know, between there was a Jewish tribe that they were at war with, and there was killing back and forth. And somebody was killed or died on the Jewish side, and they were having a funeral procession passing by. And when it came by, they say the prophet stood up. Companions like, why are you standing? You know, we're at war. He said, I'm not standing for their cause. I'm standing because God gave a life and took a life away. So he said, you can come back and stand, but it not be for what, you know, this flag and this anthem represents in its cruelty and its brutality. You could stand for those who are oppressed, right, who are suffocating under the system. And you can use this platform because the NBA's reach, their visibility is, you can use this platform. To, and that's to, when you started standing That's and when and I came back. Right. But I didn't want to. I was mad when he told me that. Cause I, was like, I just wanted to just attack. But I also knew, and that pride was getting me because I also knew if I came back, what the language would be. Oh, he compromised. Mm. 
And as soon as soon as I did, that's what I would hear. And I would attack them when they said, I said, no, I, no, no. I said, we keep our word. But if we see something better, we do that. I said, I still feel the same way. In fact, I feel even more the more I read. So I, I mean, kept coming back to let them know, don't mistake me coming back to why I'm going to get soft on the issue. That ain't right. going to happen. Well, but it also shows that your mentor, uh, your, you describe him as a mentor? <laughs> yes. Had a deep care for you, too, that went beyond just... Sometimes, like, religious mentors can be all about religious ideology and not about the care for the person. Yeah. He also probably knew what it would do for you and to be able to continue to spread what you do to get, have more time yeah, in the NBA. Course. I agree. You I know, mean, and you got many more years out of it, right? Of the NBA? Yeah, how many? What, what year was that? Uh, I, well, I, I already had two more years on the contract. Okay. So it wasn't, an, it wasn't like it was a new contract. Right, right, right. So they traded me, and I had two more years left. I went to Sacramento. After that, of course, they... They try to come and insult you with an offer, you know, and that's when I went to, I said, no, nah, it's just principle. I'm going to go to Turkey. And, and then played in Turkey, Turkey for a minute? For a minute. I came back and I forget the, the, the break that I had, but then a guy that I know named Hashim Dean, he pulled, I call a uh, Don King move. <laughs> and he called, uh, Dick Versace was the president of um, uh, uh, Vancouver. And he had called, say, man, my move was in, it, uh, Jackson, man, lighting NBA players up. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out of shape at this time. Right? <laughs> and I did play in Jackson. There was a few X, but most of them were like college. And I did play well, but he hyped it up. And so they brought me in. I didn't have to try out. And I got a, I got a one, I got a two year, but the first year was guaranteed. The second year was an option. option yeah. And and he told and I told him I'm not gonna come back unless you can guarantee me that if I get in shape that I'll get some time. Like, if I get in the shape I'm supposed to be in, he guaranteed me that. But that didn't happen when I began to get in shape. But in, in essence, that's that's how a lot of that happened and, and getting back into league. But that's why I came back. And, and it's not because of the relationship with the NBA and we. No, that's what I decided. This is what I'm going to do. What did Denver say they let you go? You were in your prime. You were still playing good ball. You said the people of Denver loved you. Yeah. What did Denver say? Was there a logic behind releasing you? They didn't. I don't remember them saying anything. I just got they traded. They just traded you. Bernie Bickerstaff, before the year was up, had called me privately, and he said, look, why don't you just stay at home the rest of the season? And a part of me didn't want to do it because I don't trust him. Because now if I stay at home, I ended up doing I just said, trick it, man. I'm just going to stay at home. And, but a part of me didn't want to do it because if I stay at home, and if they don't communicate this, right, then they can they can say, well, he stayed at home because he quit. You know what I mean? Right. And, and so I was battling between the two. But at that time, I already you felt. You to control your narrative. <laughs> right. But at that time, I felt, I said, you know what? They already probably have a design to get rid of me anyway at this point. So why even, why even go there? So I just stayed at home. And then they had called me at one point. They said a couple of people. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I think Dr. J, people wanted to talk to me. And I just wasn't at the time. I, I wasn't in the mood. No offense. I love Dr. J. He was my inspiration. I've never met Kareem. You've never you know, met Kareem? Never wow. met Kareem. I, I saw Kareem in a preseason game once. He was in the locker room. He was across from me. And I'm, I'm a new Muslim at the time. You know, and I, you know, I'm young. And, and when I look back, I say, well, you know what? I should have took the high road and you know, gave him the salams and said something to him. But sometimes when you see an elder with that type of status, you kind of look 
and he was talking. I'm like, well, I don't want to. And when he didn't speak, he's in there for a while, and he kind of looked over there. You know, we're competitive. You know, we're human. So I'm like, trick it. <laughs> you know you're supposed to go talk to Kareem. No, no, no. no well, not necessarily. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to interrupt you. No, for sure, for sure. Because for you're sure. talking. But at least. But it also doesn't mean that I'm he looking, was. I'm looking for the. You, know, you didn't feel like, like he was open to combo. Right. So I'm like. Didn't I'm feel like, inviting. Right. So I'm like, I'm not going to. That's I'm right. not gonna. I'm, I'm just that person. I ain't gonna force it. Well, right. I will, but in that case, I'm not gonna force. I'm getting ready for the game, and uh, but I never met him. So when I when they called me about that, you know, I'm like, I'm just tell you what my mind was at the time. I'm not saying that this is what they would have done, but I'm like, man, I'm not, because I think it was more so coming from the NBA side. Mm. Like, man, look. You're not going, I'm not, I'm not changing my mind. I'm not in the mood to listen to somebody possibly trying to convince me to change my position. I don't care what your label is, right. you know, because I had it out with Bernie, you know, right after that. And had you had a good relationship with him prior, with Bernie? I wouldn't say a good relationship. You know, Bernie, I think, was if you're looking at the X's and O's and how he dealt with players, I would say Dan Issel and him were the best. I would say Bernie... Had a, and Dan had a great balance of knowing when to be firm and when to be easy. But at the same time, I think Bernie sometimes, too, his approach sometimes with us uh, was almost like it just came off like treating us like children. I'm not a, no, I'm not old a child. School, old school sort of coach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's an intelligent guy. But, you know, I we, we, we got into confrontations during the league. He would say something, I would come back and... And he had said something about Mahmoud need to stop bitch and play ball. This is right after he said we're a family. So I ended up calling him on the phone. I'm in, I'm in, mis- I'm coming out of my own now. I say I got to learn how to be confrontational when it's necessary, right? Because if you're not offending people that need to be offended, you're doing something wrong. That's my, that's my motto. And so I thought what he said was unnecessary. And I ended up calling him. He said, uh, I said, man, I heard you said something. Man, who you calling? I said, man, I don't care who you are. What's your position? <laughs> I'm not some handkerchief head, you know, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. I said, if you got something to say to me, you said to me like him, he hung up on me. Mm. You know, and then I saw him at training camp. And then when he came in, he looked at me. He did that. I did that. But I noticed the rest of the year, he would go to players and, you know, rub their head. And he would go by and he'd come by me. You don't have to like me, but you're going to respect me. Right. Uh, I, your team's telling us you have to go. I know we could talk to you for a long time. Oh, man. I, do, you, do, do you cover in the uh, in the doc? Do you cover Tourette's? I t- you, were the first, all, you were the first celebrity I ever heard of having Tourette's. Yeah, I cover Tourette's. I cover going broke. I cover, you know, all of that. It's all of that. Okay. Well, and, and, and honestly, I've always thought that your ability to, um, to stand, just yeah. like the documentary says, and be strong was probably built in the challenges that you had coming up with dealing with Tourette's and having to, you know, You're show and prove, right? right? And, I, and, and I, I'm very excited Being a kid at that time in the 70s and 80s, growing up as a kid with Tourette's, I can't imagine it was a friendly world. No, not at all. N- never really is. But you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's, it's molded and shaped me, and it's a blessing when it's all said and done. Well, mm-hmm. and thank you for your sacrifices, too, to keep oh, the conversation you. going and, and, and represent in the right way. No, thank so, you, man. Thank you for all that you do. Doesn't we everybody that knows who you are and has has watched you and 
uh, is very thankful. Oh, so, thank you, man. I'm, I'm grateful. The documentary Stand. Yes, sir. Showtime, Showtime. original. Mahmoud Abdul Rauf, give it up one thank time. You, thank you for your time thank today. You. Appreciate it. Appreciate yes. It.